The Daring Dashwood Mercenary Company proudly presents Wasteland Active Radio. Welcome back to Wasteland Active Radio. As always, I am your gracious host, Crispy. We've got another great show for you today, but before we begin, I just want to say that I appreciate you all, dear listeners. At this point, it's a poorly kept secret that I not only managed to record most of what happened on our way from the ruins of Station Hill to where we are now, but that I also managed to get it broadcast as well. You've definitely heard us at some of our lowest points and even heard us get pretty dang close to death. I just want you to know, one thing that kept me going when things were looking hopeless was knowing that my dear listeners were out there waiting for us. And I didn't want to die on Mike. That would have sucked. Anyway, the Rockies are in sight, the Dashwoods are checking on local settlements, and the supply caravan is going to be staying a little longer. More on that in today's announcements. Cold? Colder? Coldest? Bucket is going to let us know just how cold it's going to be in this week's weather forecast. Moose men spotted in the woods, raiders harrying the trails, and communist pigs? More on that in this week's local news. Want to be a computer ace but can't quite hack it? Johnny has some tips and tricks for hacking computers in this week's Tech Tips. Is your friend acting a little crazy? Keep screaming about the aliens trying to steal his spleen so they can extract aphrodisiacs from it? Don't worry, Shoban will teach you how to treat wasteland madness in this week's Wasteland Health. After a little music break, Atlas will interview a member of the Scouts in this week's On the Scene. He hasn't told me who, so that'll be a surprise for all of us, I guess. Finally, it's time for another airing of grievances in this week's Open Table as I bring back What's Under My Skin. With all that out of the way, let's get on with the show! In the first of this week's announcements, Major Walsh's 19th has made it to the Wyoming border. With the Rocky Mountains ahead of us, we've been given orders to hold the line until reinforcements arrive. From here on out, things are going to get more difficult, and it's likely we'll have to fight for every inch of ground we aim to claim. With the Dashwoods closing in on Macklin's army, this area is about to become very rough, and not just because of the weather, wildlife, foliage, terrain, ruins, raiders, and so on. Obviously, the closer we get, the more concentrated Macklin's forces will become, and we're fully expecting them to attempt assaults against us. Major Walsh and the Dashwoods under her command are more than capable of protecting the camp, as are the other Dashwood forward operations teams. Without going into too much detail, the scouts will continue searching out paths forward, while also serving as the first line of defense for the camps as we hold positions and attempt to keep Macklin's forces from getting in or out of Wyoming. The better the Dashwoods can contain the situation, the easier the impending battle should be, right? With that in mind, and in our next announcement, The Dashwoods are reaching out to nearby settlements in an attempt to gauge the severity of the situation and to, hopefully, build positive relationships with local settlers. Considering the proximity to the area Dashwood Intelligence believes Macklin's army is operating out of, the local population would have been the quickest and easiest source of potential supermutants. 
If any settlements are still standing, we urge you to seek out the nearest Dashwood camp for parlay. The Dashwoods are offering protection for Macklin's forces for at least the duration of this campaign against the Super Mutant Army. Any assistance provided by these settlements, such as supplies, labor, services, or otherwise, will be paid for in caps. I'm sure some of you are thinking, paid in caps? Shouldn't that be obvious? We're trying to make it clear that it would be a partnership and not a protection racket. There's no obligation to help, and the Dashwoods will not attempt to coerce any local settlements into cooperation. This is just my opinion now, but protection rackets are for raiders and other thugs. The Dashwoods aren't the Mafia and aren't about to make you an offer that you can't refuse. Coercion can be useful, don't get me wrong, but you attract more flies with honey instead of vinegar. Am I selling this too hard? I might be. So let's move on to our final announcement. Due to the weather, poor road conditions, and some injuries sustained by their Brahmin, the supply caravan that arrived yesterday will be staying here for a few more days. While they're here, the supply caravan will be unable to trade for supplies so that they'll have enough to make the return trip once the road conditions improve. As for the Brahmin issue, one of them broke a leg, and not one of the vestigial ones they often have. We don't have any vets, so the Brahmin had to be put down. Unrelated, we'll be having a special Brahmin roast in the mess tent for dinner tonight. That's all for announcements, so let's go over to Bucket for this week's weather forecast. Bucket, activate. Activating. Awaiting instructions. How you doing today, Bucket? All systems running at acceptable efficiency. A roaring fire could quickly alter that. Yeah, it has been pretty cold. I could get down with a nice warm fire. That isn't what I meant, and you know it. I know. Anyway, Bucket, forecast the weather. Acknowledged. Beginning weather forecast for the week of December 21st, 2287. Currently, the temperature is 37 degrees Fahrenheit with a high of 39 degrees and a low of 30 degrees, 34% humidity. Overcast with light snow. Thursday, the temperature will have a high of 20 degrees with a low of 13 degrees, 9% humidity. Overcast, wind speeds up to 15 miles per hour. Friday, the temperature will have a high of 19 degrees with a low of 13 degrees, 10% humidity. Overcast with light winds. The estimated weekly radiation level is condition yellow. Higher than average radiation levels detected. Exercise caution. Forecast complete. Performing diagnostics and printing satellite scans. Uh, holy crap. Those temps are dropping faster and lower every day. This is going to be a terrible week. How wonderful. Perhaps my hydraulic fluid will freeze and leave me stranded in the middle of this frozen wasteland. My corpse shall be buried beneath blankets of snow, rusting as the weather warms and corroding into ruin. What a beautiful thought. Nice try, Bucket. We ain't leaving you behind, and Johnny's more than capable of keeping you going. You just had to ruin my good mood, didn't you? Bucket, enter sleep mode. Acknowledged. Entering sleep mode. Well, dear listeners, that sounds like some deadly weather. Take the time you've got for now to gather supplies and remember to bundle up, stay indoors, and keep a fire going. It's going to be a rough week for sure. Well, that's all for weather, so let's move on to this week's local news. 
In our first news story, aggressive moose men have been spotted in the Wyoming border forests. Yeah, you heard that right, dear listeners. Moose men. Aggressive moose men. For those out of the loop, moose men are moose that have been heavily mutated over the years and have grown to twice their already massive size. The men part of their title is due to their tendency to stand on their hind legs when searching for food and chasing after things. Thankfully, moose men are herbivores, so you're not about to become a snack for a hungry moose man. That being said, moose men are very territorial and will rarely give any warning before charging. If you happen to be approached by a moose man, run. Just run. Don't try to shoot it, you're just going to make it mad. I've never seen one myself, but I asked around, and while some of the stories I've heard were probably exaggerated, it's been said that a moose man is capable of killing a deathclaw in a single punch, or kick, or... Yeah, punch, but like, with their front feet, so it's kind of like a kick punch. I'm rambling, sorry. Reports of moose men traveling further south during the winter have become more common. Thankfully, they tend to travel on their own and are less prone to violence while outside of their own territory unless threatened, cornered, or mating. Try to avoid them as best you can, for your sake and the sake of everyone and everything around you. Moving on. In our next news story, there are reports of a raider clan harassing travelers on the roads along the Wyoming border. Paul Henderson, a merchant whose caravan was attacked by these raiders, was quoted as saying, We heard them in the woods, but we couldn't see them. Before we knew it, we'd walked right into a trap. Trees collapsed and split the group in half, killing one of our Brahmin in the process. That's when they stood up out of the snow, guns drawn and surrounding us completely. They took everything we had save the clothes on our backs and marched us into the woods before slipping away. They took my Brahmin, our supplies, our stock, everything. Then they made us march further down the trail before they slipped away without a sound, like ghosts. They took everything, but they let us go. Mr. Henderson and his crew sustained minor injuries and had spent a few days walking before encountering a Dashwood scouting team. The scouts escorted Mr. Henderson's team to safety shortly after treating their injuries. Keep your eyes and ears open for anything out of place while you're traveling, dear listeners. You never know what lies beneath the snowdrifts out there. In our final news story, a local pig has been spotted wearing a hat. Officials are unsure of where the pig got the hat, but sources agree that it points towards evidence of communist- Whoa, 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 we're live here! The Major needs you to read this on air immediately. Huh? What's this? Oh. Breaking news, dear listeners. A local settlement near the Wyoming border called Mountain View has reported a contagious outbreak in their population. The disease appears to be an airborne flu variant, meaning it spreads through, surprise, surprise, the air. Sneezing, spitting, even just breathing carries the disease. Symptoms include fever, runny nose, sore throat, headache, fatigue, muscle aches, runny nose, chest congestion, vomiting, diarrhea, nausea, rectal bleeding, dry eye, muscle cramps, oral prolapse, and loss of circulation in the extremities. Holy crap, that sounds awful. Uh, sorry. <clears throat> Mountain View is currently quarantined, but are unsure if anyone that left the settlement before the lockdown carried the disease with them. If you meet anyone showing these symptoms, be warned. The disease is very contagious. Yikes, that's rough. Well, better safe than sorry, dear listeners. Try and stay away from anyone who seems sick, and if you start feeling sick, see a doctor and stay inside. For real. We don't need a wasteland-wide pandemic out here when the radiation and monsters and raiders and slavers and weather and techno-cultists and super-mutants are bad enough. Kinda reminds me of the blue flu outbreak of 2053, honestly. I was just starting high school when the government instituted a nationwide quarantine. Of course, they used it to try and root out communist sympathizers. They said that one of the symptoms of the blue flu was socialist thoughts, so you can definitely see the new red scare clearly in full effect. 
Honestly, I don't think they ever figured out a way to cure it, so the blue flu may still be out there. Oh, that's a scary thought. Anyway, that's all we have for news today, so let's go over to Johnny for this week's edition of Tech Tips. Hello, Johnny. Hello, Crispy. And hello to you, listeners. Welcome to Tech Tips. I'm Johnny, and I'm here to teach you how to keep your technology functioning, even when the world isn't. What have you got for us today, Johnny? I'm glad you asked. Today, I'm going to be giving the listeners some tips and tricks for hacking computers. We've all seen them while out in the ruins of offices, utility buildings, and plenty of other places. Those beautiful blocks of glass, plastic, and metal. Computers. Computers hold all kinds of information and functions that can make our lives easier, but it's no good if the computer in question is password locked. Luckily, whoever programmed the majority of commercially available computers were either on an incredibly thin budget or were complete idiots. Pardon my language. Want me to bleep that from here out? No, that's all right. It's incredibly easy to access password-locked computers if you know what you're doing. But some specialty computers still require a password or some external piece of hardware or software to access. So let's get into the bulk of it. To start, you'll need a computer that's password-locked. At the Enter Password screen, you'll need to hit the Control, Delete, and Escape keys simultaneously. This will allow you to access the Termlink protocol and will show a block of letters, words, numbers, and symbols. This protocol was initially used for IT crews to access locked computers, but they didn't create any means of vetting whoever is using the screen. Cybersecurity was clearly not Robco's specialty, at least not with their consumer products. Wait, so you're telling me they pretty much left a side door in their systems without any security? Well, that's not entirely true. The Termlink protocol is still a password screen, but it effectively gives you clues on how to find the password. Honestly, it plays a bit like a game, and, well, I find it entertaining. So pretty much any idiot could bumble their way into someone's computer. Man, even I could do that. So, does that make you an idiot? What? Oh, yeah. I just burned myself there, didn't I? Yeah, I think so. Just just keep doing the show. (laughs) Okay. So the term link protocol. You'll see several words in four columns on the screen. One of those is the password. You'll only get a few chances to choose the correct password before it locks you out, sometimes permanently. There can be upwards of two dozen possible words, depending on which version of the Robco operating system is installed on the computer and the skill of its owner. So those chances will go by fast. Luckily, there are plenty of ways to make things easier on yourself. Let's say you choose a word at random, but it isn't the correct password. There is an indicator typically in the bottom left of the computer screen that shows you how many letters the word you chose shares with the password, though it won't tell you which ones. (laughs) You may also notice that while you're scrolling through the text, it will highlight stretches of characters. If you select the highlighted character, it'll either remove an incorrect password choice or restore how many chances you have to try to guess the password. (laughs) I don't even know why. I don't even know why they'd put something like that in there. (laughs) Oh, and if all else fails, (laughs) you can just turn the computer off and back on. (laughs) It just resets all your chances. (laughs) Uh, You all right there, Johnny? I can't breathe. (laughs) Get a hold of yourself, man. (laughs) I'm I'm good. I'm all right. Whew. (sighs) 
So as you can see, hacking computers, or at least most of Robco's computers, is a laughably easy matter. Additionally, if you have a Pip-Boy, I've run into code enthusiasts in the wasteland that have made and sold software to allow for automated hacking using Pip-Boy's external interfacing port. It's honestly kind of concerning how easy it must have been to hack computers back before the war, don't you think? How do you mean? Well, let's say someone stored sensitive data on a computer. It would be easy for anyone to try and hack their computer and access their important information. I see what you're saying. Huh. Banks probably kept their balances, debts, and loan info on computers. So a hacker could just jack into their system and delete all that info? Yes, that would be catastrophic. F*** em. Crispy! Johnny, you've never had to deal with student loans. Whatever, they're all ruins now anyway. I suppose. Anyway, that's all I have for today. So thanks for tuning in, and remember to never share your computer password with anyone you don't trust. Use several different passwords for different devices, don't keep a file with your password in it on your computer, and definitely don't do that and name the file password. Oh, and I'd suggest using a long and complicated password like Hippopotamus Parade, with the number 9 standing in for the P's. Uh, Johnny, is that one of your passwords? Uh, no. Of course not. At least, not anymore it isn't. Dang it. I like that password. Anyway, thanks for listening, everybody. Stay safe. Heh. <laughs> thanks, Johnny. Well, that was quite the lesson, wouldn't you say, dear listeners? Let's get the lessons from our resident experts rolling as we go over to Shoban in today's edition of Wasteland Health. Hello, Shoban. Hiya! Uh, I mean... <clears throat> Hello! And welcome to Wasteland Health! I'm Siobhan, and I'm here to teach you how to keep your insides... inside! <laughs> and what have you got for us today, Doc? at the last minute, I had to throw together an entirely different topic for today. <sighs> Today's topic is infectious disease and how to deal with it. While epidemiology is a complicated subject, I'm here to make things a little easier to understand. There are five main types of infections. Worms, protozoan, fungal, bacterial, and our primary focus for today, da-da-da-da, viral! I'm going to give a quick rundown on how to avoid all of them. The first and easiest way to prevent all of these infections is to wash your hands properly with soap and clean water. I know that isn't easy when living in the waste, but just try your best. To prevent parasitic and protozoan infections, make sure to clean and cook your food and boil your water to kill any eggs or amoeba. Don't eat anything raw if you can help it. Oh, oh, and avoid handling feces and wear a condom when having sex. Uh, That's just good advice in general. As for fungal infections, keep your feet clean and dry. Avoid walking barefoot in unclean environments Keep your fingernails and toenails short and clean. Now that we've got that out of the way, let's shift on to our main focus, viral infections. So, let me 
reiterate. Wash your hands with soap and clean water after you'll be... Oh, hold up. Uh, Crispy? What's up? Uh, how blue can I go? Uh, you know what? I'll keep my finger on the button. Go ahead. Uh, all right. Uh, make sure to wash your hands after you piss. Take a dump. Puke. Or get yourself off. <clears throat> Actually. Uh, for that last one, wash before and after. Da 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 da. Touch your bits, wash your mitts. <laughs> Sound good? <laughs> kind of pushing it, but I have no complaints. Keep going. <laughs> all right, all jokes aside, keep yourself clean as best as you can. Next, if you cough or sneeze, cover your mouth. If you cover your mouth with your hands, wash them. Or you can cough or sneeze into your elbow. Don't go spitting in people's faces. Easy enough, right? Next, make sure to clean any open wounds you have and keep them bandaged. Don't pick at zits or scabs. Just let them heal and fade away on their own. Don't share anything you put in your mouth with anyone, like forks, spoons, cups, and so on. And finally, if anybody coughs or sneezes into a cloth or something, don't touch it. All very easy stuff to remember and practice. I should also mention, you should avoid people who are sick if you can help it. Big crowds, especially in close quarters, are perfect places to pick up disease. I've dealt with plenty of uh, people who think that just because they can't see the sickness that it doesn't exist or they try to act like it doesn't matter if they or anyone else gets sick, then they get sick and die or get someone else sick and they die. Those people. Well, that's all I've got for you today. Thanks for listening to Wasteland Help. Siobhan out. Keep yourself safe out there. Don't be an a Back to you, Crispy. Really pushing it there, but still. Thanks, Siobhan. Well, dear listeners, while we get ready for our next segment, I'm going to leave you with a lovely song. Maybe, as performed by the Ink Spots, another one of my favorites. Enjoy. Knock, knock, I'm coming in. Hey, Johnny, what you up to? Hi, Crispy. Just finishing the final touches on Pendletiny. Check him out. Oh, sir. Oh, that's great. Wait a minute, did you manage to put an AI in this little dude? I sure did. It was a great distraction from... Well, you know. Your crush on Shoban? Yeah, I bet it was. I still don't know what to do about it. Do you have any advice? Of course, but first, let's go for a walk. Oh, okay. Hold down the fort, Pendletiny. Yes, sir. So the best piece of advice I've got is simple. You see, a long time ago, a wise piano man once told the world this. Tell her about it. Simple. But every time I think about telling her about it, I start to sweat and my heart rate rises and... Breathe, Johnny, breathe. I don't think I can. Get a hold of yourself, kid. 
Okay. I think I'm all right. Get it together, Johnny. Ow! Crispy, I'm all right. Oh, sorry. Uh, but seriously, just ask her out for dinner or coffee or something. Don't think too hard about it. You're just going to psych yourself out of it. Hello, Jonathan. Hello. Oh, hey, Atlas. Hey, Dave. Psych himself out of what? Ah, Shoban. Hey. Hi. Hello. How are you? Uh, I'm all right. Are... are you all right? I, uh, yes, uh, no, uh, I mean... He just needed some fresh air. I told you, Johnny, you really gotta make sure that you do soldering with better ventilation. He'll be fine soon enough. Uh, seriously? <sighs> Heavy metal poisoning is no joke, Johnny. Please be careful. Uh, yeah, yes, I will be. I promise. Mm-hmm. I'll hold you to that. By the way, how's that new arm working out? Oh, it's great. That new mount we made is significantly more comfortable, and the arm itself has so much more range of motion. I've even figured out how to lower the weight with a little modification. Yeah, that's awesome. How about the haptic feedback? Did you manage to get that working? Sure did. It took a little bit of tweaking, but I got it working. It's a little odd, but I can feel my robotic arm all the way down to my fingers. <laughs> Hell yeah! Robo high five! Yeah! I felt that! Yeah! So, are we still down for knife practice later? Of course. Seven o'clock outside the barracks? Mm-hmm. I'll be there. Anyway, I, I spotted you on the way here and figured I'd see what's up. But I gotta head back to the medical tent. Somebody bumped into a spike back and got skewered. Oof, nasty. Still can't believe how big the radiation made the porcupines out here. Mm-hmm. Right? Anyway, talk to you later. Jonathan, that was pathetic. Atlas, how how long were you listening? I passed you on the way in. These canvas tents don't block any sound. Especially high-pitched whelps of panic. Oh. Well... Have you finally come to fear her as the raider she is? No, it's just... Uh... Hmm. I see. You've developed feelings for her. Disgusting. Even you could tell? Oh, man. You read a lot of romance novels, Atlas. Any advice? I wouldn't say a lot of romance novels, but yes, I do have some advice. Jonathan, she is an unfitting partner for you. Forget her and find someone more suitable. Someone smarter and more inclined to civility. What? No! Jonathan Windsor... You are forbidden from seeing her again! Whoa! No! You don't get to tell me what to do! So you're gonna go tell her how you feel? Uh, I gotta go. What the hell was that, Atlas? You're aware of the concept of reverse psychology, correct? Ah, Atlas, you sly dog, you. I may find most matters of human nature quite mundane. But I admit 
that the game of romance can be as intriguing as matters of espionage and subterfuge, depending on the players. Oh, I always knew you were a big ol' softy, Atlas. Just shut up and get me marked up. Welcome back, dear listeners. You've just finished listening to All Shook Up as performed by Elvis Presley. You know, say what you will about Elvis. <coughs> and now we go over to Atlas for this week's edition of On the Scene. Atlas? Greetings and salutations. I am your Grand Master of Ceremonies, Atlas. And this is On the Scene. Today I am joined by Private Martin Miller of the Daring Dashwoods Forward Operation Team, 19th Division, and member of the Scouts under Captain Holtz. Hello, Private Miller. Uh, hi. Private Miller, what are your responsibilities with the Daring Dashwood Mercenary Company? You already know what I do. We work together with the Scouts. Yes? I am aware of what you do, but the listeners are not. Wait, is this the same show the doctor lady who dug the bullet out of me does? Yes, it is. You're not... You're not gonna do surgery on me too, are you? No. I'm here to interview you. Though I'm starting to regret my decision. Oh. Uh, well, what do you want to know? What are your responsibilities with the Scouts? Oh, uh, I go out with the Scouts and look for paths to danger and stuff. We're making sure the Dashwoods don't get stuck in a bad place. Do you think my mom's listening to this? I... I do not care. Hi, Mom. Say hi to Voltaire for me. That's my dog. Voltaire? Like the philosopher? Uh, I don't know. I just saw the day about a book once. Man, I miss my dog. She's a very good girl. What a shame. I thought I spotted a hint of intellect. Next question. What are your thoughts on the war against Macklin? Who? The leader of the army of super mutants. The super mutants we've been fighting for weeks now. You were shot by one. Oh, yeah. Those guys. Uh, it's, uh, well, they're paying me to do it, which is pretty cool. And I get free food every day, which is nice. But as far as the war goes, it's pretty necessary. They've been wiping out settlements left and right and taking a lot of people. If we don't do something about it now, I'm not sure who will. Okay, that was... somewhat insightful. More like that, please. Uh... Okay. How long have you been a part of the Daring Dashwoods? Uh, I'm fresh out of basic. I had to repeat a couple of times, but hey, I'm here. You had to repeat? Elaborate. I don't know what that means. It means to give more details. Oh. Well, the first time I tripped and fell on the obstacle course and broke my leg. The next year I went back to training and shot myself in the head while cleaning a gun. 
then I went back again and made it through. Now I'm here. I... I see. Were you a part of the Dashwoods while General Taft was still alive? Yeah, I was. Never met the guy, but he put the Dashwoods together, so he must have been kind of cool. Indeed. Now, what is your opinion on General Roosevelt? Uh, he's pretty cool, I guess. Uh, is that... Is that all you have to say about him? Well... His involvement in liberating Tennessee definitely made him a lot of enemies, but it was worth it. That Proud Company or Proud Corps, or whatever they were called, pretty much had a stranglehold on trade in the surrounding areas. If they'd been left to do whatever they wanted, they could have easily just taken over their neighbors through a trade war of attrition. I must admit, when I initiated this interview, I wasn't confident in your ability to provide insightful commentary. I'm happy to be proven wrong for once. Economics is kind of interesting. I just really like to study trade law and how it... Do you need a tissue? Nah, thanks though. So you're just going to drown yourself in your own mucus? Uh, yes. <sighs> Let's just finish this then. Do you read any books? Oh yeah, I read lots of comic books and instruction manuals. <sighs> Anything a little more... cultured? I read the animal farm once. Oh, is that so? What are your thoughts on it? It was dumb. What? Animals don't talk. That's all I have for you today, listeners. I have been your Grand Master of Ceremonies, Axlus, and this has been On the Scene. I apologize, and you're welcome. I'll... I'll... I'll take that tissue now. <laughs> Thanks, Atlas. Well, that was interesting, to say the least. Well, dear listeners, I think it's time to switch gears and go over to me for this week's Open Table. For this week's Open Table segment, I think it's time to bring back an old Open Table, uh, segment? Variation? Uh, I'm bringing back what's under my skin. For those tuning in for the first time, what's under my skin is an airing of grievances. Basically, I complain for a few minutes about a specific subject. So, what's under my skin today? Easy. You see, it's something that's been going on since before the war. You've got all these people out here who are so sure of themselves. The I'm right, you're wrong, screw the evidence kind of crowd. The kind of people who think they know everything, even when talking to a straight master of the craft. I'm talking, of course, about the people who refuse to listen to experts. Now, I mentioned it earlier, but back before the war, there was an outbreak of a disease called the Blue Flu. Quarantine orders and other protective measures were put in place, but there were plenty of people who just straight up ignored them, went out, got sick, and went around spreading it without knowing they were infected. Now, I will admit that the government also took the opportunity to sow anti-communist propaganda during the height of the Second Red Scare, but anyone capable of, oh, I don't know, rational thought and common sense could see right through it. 
Which is why it was honestly kind of scary seeing just how many people fell for it. But I digress. We had plenty of actual experts who told us what to expect and how to avoid the blue flu. It was simple. Wash your hands, cover your coughs and sneezes, don't go out if you're sick, avoid large gatherings, and definitely don't host parties. Guess what people did? They sneezed in people's faces and had huge parties. And guess what came next? No need. I'll tell you. They all got sick, and a lot of them died a slow, painful, gasping death. Their faces turning blue as they choked to death on the fluid in their lungs. Hence the name, Blue Flu. A lot of these ass- ahem, willfully ignorant individuals claim that the quarantine orders infringed on their rights and squashed their freedom. To that I have to say, your freedom ends where mine begins. The second you knowingly and willfully put someone else in danger is the second you've gone too far. And because of them, the blue flu raged on all the way through the 2050s. They never really found a cure or even a vaccine. That's the scariest part, and because of that, there's a good chance it might still be out in the wastelands, dormant and waiting for the right conditions. But what do I know? I'm not a doctor. But you know who does know about diseases? Doctors. Actual doctors with medical knowledge. You'd think that'd be the first group people would listen to on matters of health. That after a medical doctor has spent ten or more years learning to help people, they'd be the undisputed source of medical knowledge. Nope. You still got people out there who think they know everything. People who think that, I know my body better than a doctor ever could, and all I need to do is soak my feet in bloatfly bile to get rid of my crippling arthritis. Ugh. I'm not knocking natural remedies, though I am aware of the irony of calling a plant created through excessive exposure to radiation natural. I'm just saying that your essence of mute fruit and diluted rad scorpion poison may help you with rashes and joint pain respectively, but it ain't going to stop cancer or the flu. The experts are experts for a reason. We should trust that they know what they're doing. Yes, there are experts out there that are lying about their expertise, have malicious intent, or just bad at what they do. But those type of people are few and far between when it comes to civilized regions. Back when the blue flu was at its height, people in my area thought doctors were spreading it on purpose as some kind of communist plot to overthrow America. They killed doctors, nurses, EMTs, people trying to fix things, and all because our government tried fighting socialist communism by spreading false information. I've talked about how America was basically falling apart just before the war, but this was definitely one of the worst aspects of the fall. I'm really hoping that we don't end up with another situation like that with this new virus. We're already in a rough spot. We don't need it to be any rougher. Let's just hope that Mountain View is able to keep the virus contained with their quarantine and that nobody else got it. Fingers crossed. Toes too. So what you can take away from this is to listen to experts, especially doctors. Don't shoot the messengers. They don't make the bad news, they just deliver it, whether you like it or not. That's all for what's under my skin and all for this week's open table, so I think it's time we start wrapping up here. Well, dear listeners, it feels a little early, but that's how it goes sometimes. I hope we all learned something today. Learning isn't always easy, but like my grandmother always used to say when she wasn't tending to her 89 cats, the more knowledge, the better. Also, do you smell ammonia? I feel like I can smell ammonia, but I can't tell on account of all the cat pee. Ah, uh, I miss you, Grandma. Anyway, with this new flu in Mountain View, we should all try to remember to be safe out there. The Wasteland's beasts and baddies are mostly easy to spot, but a disease, something that could potentially be everywhere but remains unseen, that's a different kind of threatening. However, just listen to the experts. Take Shoban's advice and remember to keep clean, wash your hands regularly, and avoid people who are sick. Also, don't cough or sneeze in people's faces. Not only is it rude, you might just kill them. 
That's all we've got for today, so I'll leave you with these words of wisdom. Responsibility isn't always heavy. Sometimes it's as easy as avoiding another awkward conversation with your overly chatty neighbor by staying in your house and staring at them, unblinking from your window. This has been Wasteland Active Radio. Crispy, signing off. Active Radio was created, written, and produced by Z. Hagen and Jay Wilson. Brought to you by the record button. The roles of Crispy, Bucket, Private Miller, and Pendletiny are played by Mr. Wilson. The roles of Atlas and Dave are played by Mr. Hagen. The role of Johnny is played by Pete Seawick, and the roles of Chauvin and the Dashwood Soldier are played by Britt Eggestall. Brit and their partner Mel both run another channel called Milbert Productions, home to all your nerdy and geeky entertainment needs. Wasteland Active Radio is set in the Fallout video game universe, owned by Microsoft Studios and Bethesda Softworks. No copyright infringement is intended. Please support the official release. Thank you for listening, and thank you for supporting the Daring Dashwood Mercenary Company! This is disgusting. I don't know how much more of this I can take. Hello? These MREs. I can't believe they call this food. It's worse than the slop that Trasardi Barbarian serves. Hello? Go on, take it. I can't stomach any more of this garbage. Ooh, hello. <sighs> Disgusting. You know, if you just apologize to Trasardi, he'd probably let you eat in the mess tent again. I'd rather die of starvation than subject myself to such shame. What? Are you afraid? What? No! I fear nothing! Then go apologize and get something to eat. I... I could never... Do I have to break out the chicken noises? I'll do it. Don't. You. Dare. Ghoul, I'm warning you. One more time and I'll eat you like the poultry you're impersonating. According to Shoban, the blood drinkers didn't eat ghouls because they taste bad. I probably taste worse than that MRE you gave to Dave. Mm. Mm. Hello? Don't talk with your mouth full, Dave. <laughs> Hello? Anyway, let me spin it this way for you. If you refuse to apologize and die from hunger, it just proves that you're weak and cowardly. How dare you! Prove me wrong, then. Go and apologize to Tresardi and see if he'll serve you food again. Fine. I'll go apologize. Great. So, what are you going to say to him? I'll tell him that I apologize for my abrasive behavior and that I would be willing to choke down his food once again. And that's going to get you thrown out of the mess tent again. 
So you just simply expect me to lie about his cooking? We both know you can barely lie to save your hide. No, just don't insult his food. Try to say something nice instead. You just said that I can't lie well. I'm not saying to lie, I'm just saying don't be an asshole. Your definition of rectal sphincter is broad, I've noticed. Be more specific. Oh boy, I didn't think I'd be teaching manners to a super mutant today. Okay, Trissardi and his team are in charge of feeding the entirety of Division 19, and the private contractors, which means us too. They've got to do that and keep up with their other responsibilities with the 19th in the middle of a war. They don't need someone getting on them about the food they make when they're literally feeding dozens of us at least three times a day. Hmm. I see. I should focus on their diligence and dedication rather than the quality of the food. I never thought I'd say this, but I appreciate your input, ghoul. Hey, you're welcome, Atlas. I hope you can use this little lesson going forward. Maybe people won't find you so abrasive now. Perhaps so. But that food is still awful. Oh yeah, it's pretty bad. Hello. 